traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, he's airborne. Donald Trump is airborne inbound to New York City. I just saw Trump Force One, they like to call it, his own airplane. You know, it, it's it's like he's the president of the United States. I mean, this kind of coverage. And in some ways, he is. In some ways, he's, well, he'll always be uh, a thousand times the leader, a million times the leader that Joe Biden uh, will be, right? Joe Biden's not a leader. He doesn't know how. He never has. Um, Donald Trump is a natural is a natural born leader. And he's still leading. And even in this ridiculous moment, I'm I'm still trying to come to terms with it. Do I treat it as a joke? Do I talk about it as the tragedy that it is, that this is the real threat to democracy? Or do I take solace in the uh, in my faith that this is going to work out well? This is going to work out actually beautifully, that the more they come after him, the stronger he gets Um I'm, I'm all these things. I can feel. I, I can feel all these things at the same time. That I'm also worried that he's going to jail. I am. I'm a little bit worried about that. I mean, there are not that many barriers at this point between as as, as many as there should be. He's one wacko judge, one demented jury away from Rikers. But I think God is stronger than. Then Alvin Bragg, don't you? Stronger than all those misfits down there in the DA's office. All those crazy Democrats who have plotted and schemed. Now they are in the gutter. I mean, this is this, this, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia. At least you could say with a straight face. Oh, this is very serious. Donald Trump might be a uh, double agent for Russia. Wow. At least you could pretend that that was serious. Ukraine, the phone call, he, is doing business or selling out the office looking for dirt on his political opponents. I mean, you could pretend that it was those things. It wasn't, but you can make it sound like, wow, that, that's, that's, that's really something. January 6th, the insurrection. Now, all this is fake, of course. It's all fake. But they could stand there and pretend that it was a big deal. And now they go to this. <laughs> we haven't read the damn thing yet. I guess we're going to read it tomorrow. Store the, the 32 count indictment. You know how they do that. You ever see that before? They charge somebody with 500 counts and then they'll plead guilty to one, right? That, that, that happens. I'm not saying Donald Trump's going to plead guilty to anything. He shouldn't. Um, unless of course it's like, you know, if, if it's a misdemeanor punishable by a fine, something like that. Sure. What the hell? Get off my back. Um, but a felony, it's ludicrous. It's totally ludicrous, and they want to make it sound like, I think one of the things that's going on here, they still think they have such a, because they don't know any conservatives. Alvin Bragg does not, I know a million liberals. <laughs> I'm surrounded by them all the time, uh, all, all over the place. I mean, have got a lot of liberals who work here, in fact. <laughs> and across, it's okay. It's okay. I, don't, I don't mind. 
I love talking to people who disagree with me, actually. Doesn't always make for the best television. That's why I don't have a debate show or radio show. But I like talking to people who disagree with me. And I don't I don't uh, question their morality or I, I don't, you know, not, uh, I'm usually, I usually find out that they're totally misinformed, by the way. that They just, they just don't, know, they literally know nothing. Like a lot of reporters, oh, by the way. They literally know nothing. You know, they'll tell you about uh, January 6th and MAGA supporters beat up cops and all that stuff. They'll, they'll tell you all that. They killed Brian Sicknick. These are lies that they have been told by the mainstream media. So, um, all right, so you can pretend that other stuff is a big deal, but it wasn't. Now, this, you can't even pretend it's a big deal. And Democrats have acknowledged um they well, when they Mark Pomerantz, this crazy lawyer who was actually volunteering for Cyrus Vance, volunteering for Cyrus Vance, he goes all over the place saying that I had a great case against Donald Trump and they they threw me out. Um, that was the most unprofessional thing a lawyer could do. Um, but maybe maybe it worked. Maybe this is I don't know. I want to know who gave the green light, who actually who actually is pushing this. I don't think little Alvin Bragg would do it without permission. I don't think Alan Bragg would do it without authorization. And oh, by the way, he's on, he's on thin ice when it comes to the left. He's on thin ice because a lot of people will tell you that he got a million dollars from George Soros. Well, that's what he was promised, but he only got half. He only got a half million. What happened? Uh, turns out Alvin has a Me Too problem potentially. Alvin Bragg has a Me Too. Hey, did you see my show on? Did you see my show on uh, Friday night? Do we have the clip from Eight Mile? Oh, I think we do. Ooh, good. All right. Let me see here. Um, okay, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg likes to t- pretend he's a tough guy. He also seems to have no regard for police. He has no regard for law and order. He, the first day in office, said you can uh, basically uh, resist arrest. You can steal, uh, uh, rob everybody, jump the turnstile. Uh, what else did he say? If you commit armed robbery and the gun doesn't go off, that's somehow a lesser offense. It doesn't mean automatic incarceration. All this weird, crazy stuff. Now, where, why would he be doing that? Other than being a leftist maniac, why would he be doing that? You know, he ran around talking about, I've been uh, shot at by the cops, or the cops have pointed a gun at me 15 times, and uh, it also happened to me in uh, gang-related. He said that throughout the campaign, although if you really ask him about it, he doesn't. (laughs) The details become very, very vague. Uh, He was in the presence of a gun once when he was 15. That's kind of what I... But why would he do that? You know why? Well, with the left and with his own neighborhood... Up there in Harlem. You know what? He's not viewed uh, with all that much credibility. It's not. That's a problem. It's a bigger problem than Alvin Bragg. But you know what Alvin Bragg has going against him and why he is kind of going all radical and weird? Well, uh, he's a rich kid. He grew up in a $2 million townhouse. Alvin Bragg did. He also has a funny name. Alvin. It is. People mock him for that up there. I'm sorry. They do. I do. Right here. Right now. So there's that. And there's also um, he has two parents, and which to me is a beautiful thing. Totally. Right. Two, he grew up in a nuclear family. But according to vast parts of our culture, that somehow is not cool. That somehow is uh, 
not authentic, not authentically black, dare I say. Black Lives Matter actually has a big beef with the nuclear family. You can look it up. It says it right there on their website. And they are anti-nuclear family because it's some sort of, what do they say, a a Western artificial uh, paradigm. What? All right. uh, uh, Look up Barack Obama before he lost his mind. He thinks it's the best way to not go to jail and the best way to become literate, having having two parents. Anyway. Uh, I recalled this, and I played it on my Newsmax show, which, oh, by the way, I don't know if you're watching it. The stuff I am doing on that show, no one in the television universe is doing because, number one, they don't know how to do it, and number two, if they did, they'd be afraid to do it, all right? I am so proud of that gem that I produce with my team every night, 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's, it's real stuff. It's... It's fantastic, and I'm very proud of it. So uh, Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock on Newsmax, you can watch it in a million different ways, the app, cable TV, whatever. Uh, not everybody has cable these days. All right, so here's Eminem. You ever see Eminem, Marshall Mathers? The rapper happens to be a white guy. And back in 2002, he did a great movie called Eight Mile. And he was like the one uh, white guy in town, but he happened to be very, very good at rapping. And some of the black rappers, they, they liked him, but, you know, they, they gave him a hard time uh, because he was white, because he was uh, what they said was white trash. They called him white trash. Um, so he's up there, and it's the big feud. It's the big rap contest. It's the big rap contest, and he's up against Crazy D, and it's Eminem. Eminem goes first. And what you do in these rap contests is you, you know, your mama's so fat, you know, all that stuff. You you. You, you insult each other, you know, in a, in a systemic way, and it rhymes, and sometimes to music, sometimes not to music. Anyway, listen to what Eminem, there, here's Eminem going off on his on his opponent, who, oh, by the way, happens to be kind of Alvin Braggish in terms of his privileges. Listen to this. Cut 24, please. Cut 24. You don't know what the f*** I've been through, but I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. Woo! You see, that's a diss. That's not cool. That is not cool uh, on 8 Mile Road and a lot of other places. And with the political left, that's not potentially very cool right now. It's out of fashion. What else did Clarence? His real name's Clarence. His real name is Alvin. You don't think that he had a deal with that growing up? Alvin and the Chipmunks? Okay, there's that. He went to private school. I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. It is, by the way, a private school. It's where Mitt Romney went. It's in the suburb of Detroit, Cranbrook, a private school. Uh, let's see. Clarence, not a gangster, private school, uh, real name, uh, oh, oh, both parents in the house. So <laughs> Alvin can't run around. And you would think in a normal society, and we're not normal anymore, that going to good schools uh, and and having a, an intact home, and, and growing up and having two loving parents, that would be that would be an asset. But it's not anymore. It's not anymore, actually. Hell, we Eric Adams, anybody? Huh? I mean, uh, Eric. It's amazing. Eric Adams lost to a guy named what the hell was his name? O'Brien. 
uh, I don't know, some guy who ran against him who went to all these great schools. Uh, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It's just that uh, Eric, Eric was the black guy with name recognition. Because we had seen him stand on uh, steps for many years complaining about things. And that's what he does to this day. All right, so where are we? Donald Trump is coming to be arraigned. It reminds me a little bit of Rambo. Ever see Rambo, Sylvester Stallone, and that corrupt, dirty cop finds a reason to arrest him? This is America. You're you're allowed to walk through a town. You're allowed to go to a diner. You're allowed to do pretty much whatever you want as long as you're not breaking the law. But they arrested him. They arrested they arrested Rambo, Sylvester Stallone. Why do they do it? They didn't like him. Because they didn't like him. They didn't like the way he looked. They didn't like the way he talked. And what did they do? They beat they beat the hell out of him. Remember that? He was a war hero and they beat him up. And they drew first blood. That's what, what that's what's happening to Donald Trump. <laughs> really, hey, don't think for a moment that this case might not go away like that. All right, very very quickly. Dominique Strauss Kahn. Does anybody remember DSK? Do you? It was the biggest story in the world for about two weeks. Dominique Strauss Kahn was some French guy here in Manhattan. He was the head of the International Monetary Fund. That's a big, big, big job. Anyway, he was accused of sexually assaulting a hotel maid. And the hotel maid called the police. And uh, the police grabbed uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn and pulled him off an airplane at Kennedy Airport. And they threw him in jail, and there was a perp walked and everything. It was like, wow, this guy's going down. This guy's bad news. Look at what he did. Wow. And then they found out that the accuser was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the accuser had big problems. The accuser was out for money. The accuser, who knows? But the prosecution just dropped the case. They dropped it. They dropped it. And his things look very bleak for DSK. He was perp walked. He was all that stuff, handcuffs. And uh, they had to throw the case out. That was not that long ago. That was under Cyrus Vance, who I understand is now issuing grave warnings. Okay, don't... Uh, you can't speak out in America anymore. You can't complain about a judge. You can't complain about a district attorney. Well, that could be considered administrative interference. Shut the hell up. This is still America. For the time being, this is still America. And if we want to make fun or say awful things about the judge or Alvin Bragg, this is still America. And you mess with our president, we're going to have to say things about you, okay? Can we still do that? I think so. All right. One other thing to remember, and I know people feel sorry for President Trump, um, and we're praying for him. We want him to get through this. But you know what? I know he's he's built differently from most people. He really is. And I do think he kind of thrives in these in these moments. Oh, and also tonight on the Newsmax show, I'm going to show you all kinds of people who actually went to jail and became leaders of their country. Nelson Mandela, uh, Gandhi. Uh, who else? Uh, Václav Havel. Remember that guy from what we used to call Czechoslovakia? He was in jail. And two years later, he became pre- president of Czechoslovakia. It happens. It happens all the time. Um, but never more spectacular, perhaps, than for Donald Trump. It's going to be amazing. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm going to talk about an incident from this summer 
where a homeless person called my dad used to run homeless shelters. So it really speaks to me was arrested on a train allegedly for taking up two seats. That's preposterous. Uh, you know, I've had friends arrested for things like that. Family members, for, you know, low level things that have absolutely nothing to do with public safety. That's Alvin Bragg back when he was running for, uh, district attorney. And that's when I realized he was uh, one of these guys who was kind of conflicted about the privileges that he has. He mentions his dad, a homeless shelter. What was his dad homeless or ran a, ran a homeless shelter? Wow. That sounds like a real, that sounds like some serious do goodery until you find out that you can make a lot of money owning homeless shelters. Okay. You can make millions and millions of dollars. How else would he have afforded a $2 million, uh, brownstone in Harlem? All right. Alvin Bragg. Hey, is it preposterous to arrest somebody for taking up two seats on the subway when you're homeless? Of course, they didn't just say, um, hey, uh, wake up, pal. Uh, we're putting you in cuffs because you were sleeping here. You know, they warned the guy. They pleased. They asked him. They pleaded with him. And he got very, very belligerent, very belligerent. And you know what? That is an arrestable offense. You can't have people sleeping on the subways. You can't have people sleeping on the subways. I guess uh, now you can. Now you can. Thanks, Alvin Bragg. Thanks, Eric Adams. Ewick. He pretends that he cares. He pretends he's a tough guy, but he's not. He's not. And he doesn't know how to do anything. He just literally knows nothing. Uh, so back to this being a serious thing. You know what is a seriously dangerous thing? Believe it or not. All right, I'm just going to say it. When they run around saying, you know, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Well, hold that thought. This is a major threat to democracy. Donald Trump is leading. <laughs> I never thought of it like this. I... I mean, they're trying to take him out before the election. They're trying to take him out before the primary. Shouldn't that be up to us instead of 12 grand jurors that we're never going to meet? Huh? Isn't that up to us? Isn't that up to the people? This is so anti-democratic. It's crazy. It's really insane. The number one nomin- the number one candidate right now in the Republican Party, the heart and soul of the Republican Party, whether the rhinos like it or not, is Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump. But when they run around yelling about democracy, 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 you know, we live in a constitutional republic, a constitutional. There are parameters. There are guidelines. It just doesn't mean if you get 51 percent of the people, you can do whatever you want. Right. There are certain things that will never happen. We have inalienable rights, unalienable rights. They better remember that because uh, this drag queen stuff, you can't you can't let it happen just because most people vote for it. More on that when I get back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, uh, let's see here. Donald Trump is airborne on his way to New York City. Let me see if I can find out exactly where he is. I got this really cool app on my phone where I can basically track, um, all planes, all planes. You can find them on, it's, it's very cool. It's right now there are like a hundred thousand flights all over the world and I can see them on my phone. Uh, it's going to be a little tricky finding that exact flight though. Uh, I, I'm just clicking on, Various planes that are coming from Florida to New York. When did he take off? When was that? About an hour ago? So he's got to be around South Carolina probably. Um, all right. I'm going to keep working on that. He's on his way here. Um, hey, some of the Republicans and the Republicans that I don't like, at least, at least they've been supportive of Donald Trump right now. Nikki Haley has said, uh, I believe the right things. It said this is totally outrageous. Uh, Mike Pence even. Uh, no one has been as effective as Vivek Ramatswamy. Quite frankly, I think he's too young to be president. I don't think he's accomplished enough to be president. He's only 37 years old. Um, he has an impressive resume. But maybe someday, and I really like what he said, it's very strong, 
And he admits right off the bat, look, I played this actually. I just want to hear a couple of seconds of it. This is all getting to Asa Hutchinson, the totally delusional ex-governor of Arkansas who thinks that Trump, he just came out with this, Trump should not be the nominee. He should drop out because he's (laughs) he should drop out right now. And we should vote for Asa. You really think, Asa, you really think we're signing up for you? Let's see what you have to say. Cut 18. Have you made a decision? Are you running? I have made a decision, and my decision is I'm going to run for president of the United States. While the formal announcement will be later in April, Bentonville, uh, I wanted to make clear that to you, Jonathan, I am going to be running. And the reason, uh, as I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country, and I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. And that inspires me when I see everyday Americans just saying, give us good leadership, give us common sense, consistent conservatism, and optimism about our great country. And uh, that inspires me, and I believe I can be that kind of leader for people. (laughs) Yeah, right, you can inspire people. Hey, what are you saying about us, oh, by the way, pal? You think uh, we're operating off our worst instincts here? You think you really think so? Uh, that the, the MAGA agenda is uh, based on off our worst in- instincts? Securing the border? Not entering foreign wars that are unnecessary? Not losing wars? Huh? <laughs> Securing the border? Keeping drag queens the hell away from children? Uh, gender conversion therapy, not for children. You got a problem with this? You got a problem with lower taxes? You got a problem with lower regulation, deregulation? What the hell is he talking about? How about, are, are you for the weaponization of the Justice Department? What a, <laughs> well, this guy is doomed. Hey, what kind of, a, who, who talks like that other than a politician? Well, I, I will tell you, Jonathan, that I am running. However, I will formally announce, uh, I will formally announce next month. What's what's formal? What are you waiting for? What, what do you mean? You just did. What do you mean formal? What are you going to wear? I saw him. He was wearing a tie. He looked formal enough. What did you put on a tuxedo to be formal? What formally announced? Just announce, you jerk. Unbelievable. Wow. What? I'm sorry. I, I should have called him a jerk. I no name calling. No name calling, except when it's absolutely necessary. Okay, necessary. Um, let me think here. Ooh, Megan Kelly says that Donald Trump should smile for the mugshot. I've heard, I've seen people do that. You know, it's supposed to be a really grim moment, so you just smile your ass off. You know who did it famously and did it with great effect? Tom Delay. Remember that name? What a what a name from the past. Congressman Tom Delay. They got him on a bunch of phony stuff, and it was at the time it was shocking a politician to be arrested at that level. He was like the House Whip or something like that. And uh, he smiled for the camera. Hey, Maria. No, I'm sorry, Maria. Stand by. Jason in Oklahoma City. Hello. Yes, thank you, Greg. You're 100% right calling him what you called him, an idiot. He's stupid. Oh, oh, I don't remember calling anybody an idiot lately. I called Asa Hutchinson a jerk. Um, but uh, who are you talking about? Who, I, I don't recall anybody calling anybody an idiot. Well, he, he's stupid. You don't know what he's talking about, but that's not the real reason why I want to speak to you. I know and I believe Donald Trump, God is for Donald Trump. He will have to maybe go through some hard times. I think we all are going to have to go through some hard times. 
But God is on our side and Donald Trump's side. I know that to be true. I am a Christian and I believe you are. And you're on the right track about God and everything that you know right now. But what I know and understand, I'd like you to know, it's, it's not prayer that God listens to. He listens to our heart. So our hearts have to be true to God. Then he will listen to us, and then God will help us fight the evils in this world. And we will get rid of uh, communism. We, I am also a veteran. I served the United States Air Force from 1964 to 1970. I was a, a man. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I, 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 all right. Uh, wrap it up, sir. I love what you said, but let's bring it in for a landing. Final what words. I'm to, what I'm trying to say, final, that Donald Trump is in good hands with God. I love all, it. I love it. Jason, I agree. I do agree. And, uh, and one other thing, though, I do think that God listens to prayers, obviously, uh, although he does know exactly what's in our heart. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. Were you at Tinker Air Force Base when you were in the service? Yes. Huh, exactly. that's, how did I know that? Because you're in Oklahoma City. Yeah. I've been there. I've flown out of Tinker Air Force. It was just a wild, I mean, I, not a wild guess. I know it's there. What'd you do in the Air Force? Yeah. I was an aircraft mechanic. What kind of I planes? The, the cargo uh, C-141 cargo. Yep, C-141 Starlifter. Still a few of them around. Well, I appreciate it, Jason. Great call. Thanks for calling from Oklahoma City. Let's do another one. Maria in Short Hills. Hello. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just a short comment. After tomorrow's bogus arraignment of our real president, I hope to God, and you're right, that all the GOP lawmakers stand with President Trump. Because say what you want about the Democrats, the left, they always fall in line. And, you know, it was only about six or seven months ago when we were awaiting the 2022 midterms, President Trump seemed to be crisscrossing the United States, constantly having rallies, supporting and backing GOP congressmen and senators running. He was there for them. Let's hope that they will be there for him tomorrow. Well, I think um, most of them will be. And, and most of them will do it. You know, with a with a clear and clean conscience, I hear keep the fake news loves to write about all oh, these people all secretly hate Trump. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. There are some rhinos out there who speak out of both sides of their mouths. Imagine that a politician speaking. Right. Uh, that's what they do. Hey, uh, thank you very much, Maria. Everything else good. Everything else is good. Love your show. Love your show on Newsmax. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, we yeah. got a good one tonight. And uh, what else did that make me think of? All right, so we got that going. Um, they're trying to uh, stir up trouble for uh, Jared once again. Oh, we got all this money from the Middle East. Well, <laughs> uh, he was getting money from the Middle East from everywhere, this, there, and everywhere before he ever met the Trump family. This guy is a genius, all right? Were you buying uh, billion-dollar office buildings while you were in college? That's what this guy did. Were you buying newspapers when you were 25 years old? This, that's what this guy did. All before he met Donald Trump and Ivanka. Um, what about can Joe Biden's kids say anything like that? No, no, they can't. It's um, it's really something else. Oh, how about this? No one is talking. It's almost like it didn't happen. Huh? It's almost like it didn't happen. The shooting at that school last week in Nashville. You see anything about it this weekend? I don't think I. Right. It's like ancient history. And why is it ancient history? And why, other than giggling about it, 
has Joe Biden. Why didn't he go and visit that town that's so stricken? Hmm? Why? Why not? Why didn't he do it? Hey, can we be a little bit clear about the, well, he ran to call it white supremacy, the Asia spa, the Asia spa, what was it called? The, 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 the massage workers when they were killed. Remember that? Remember? That happened. That happened. They never really talk about that story in its full detail, if you notice, but ran down there, lied about it, tried to say it was white supremacy, but not talking about this. And here's why. Because, uh, well, the shooter was transgender, and that really makes them feel vulnerable. Uh, it really does. And the problem, it reminds people, you know, mental illness, a lot of these shooters are crazy, but transgender, gender dysphoria, that is a mental illness of some kind. It's treatable. And I do think there's a handful of cases out there where, you know, gender reassignment surgery for an adult might be, might be, might be the option, might be. But right now, it's like the transgender community is at war with gay people. You shouldn't be gay. You should be transgender. And we should work on it when you're a kid. If you're a boy and you like boys, well, that's what a girl does. So we're going to make you into a girl. All right. If you're a girl who likes girls. And this is for kids. Well, uh, you should be a man. We're going to make you into You see what's happening? Anyway, last night, I didn't I don't sit around watching the Country Music Awards. Does anybody really like country? Does anybody really like country? I don't know. I, I mean, I like two songs in my life that I like. Dolly Parton. I like I liked her, the nine to five song. But they had some singer come out and give an impassioned speech about those poor people who were killed at that church. And then, of course, she calls for gun control and more gun laws and this, that, and the other thing. And let's rise up as one and do something about guns. And then 10 minutes later in the show, she's happy and singing. And guess who her backup dance crew is? A bunch of drag queens. Now, drag queens and country music, I, there, there could not be more anything more opposite in the world. Drag queens and country music. But there they were. And the message is... I mean, we're just going to paper over all the stuff that happened last week. Again, drag queens are great. They are. I actually knew one. As an adult, hanging around kids. John, What's his name? Chuck Todd on that show, trying to show polls or show the, the majority of Americans are, are pro-drag queen. Yeah, the majority of Americans are live and let live, okay? You know, you do you, except when it comes to our kids. Did you also see on my Newsmax show? On on Friday night, I showed I could not believe it. I I watched it six times. I could not believe what I was seeing. I mean, I know Minnesota is a blue state, but they had drag queens dancing in the atrium in the in the like picture the Capitol, U.S. Capitol under the dome. They were dancing right in the middle of it at an event. The lieutenant governor of Minnesota was there dancing her ass off with these idiots. With children all over the place. When this is a civil rights issue, everything <laughs> they really are coming after our kids, aren't they? Huh? They're coming after our children. And uh, Joe Biden is Mr. No Comment. Mr. No Comment. I, I saw today. You know, your, your predecessor is being arrested. No comment. No comment. No comment. Well, a real leader would have something to say. And a real leader would have picked up the phone and told Alan, Alan Bragg, what the hell are you doing? Stop this now. But Joe actually doesn't know anything about power. He doesn't know how to use it. He's never really had it. He's had influence, but not power. And he doesn't know, he doesn't have a clue, has no clue. 
And he has no inclination to, to help the country. But you know who did? Did you see this? I thought this was remarkable. I looked it up. I played it on the Friday night show on Newsmax. When Gerald Ford, President Gerald Ford, issued a pardon, a full and complete pardon for Richard Nixon. This speech, I think, was in sometime in September. He had only been president for about a month. Richard Nixon resigned. Remember, got on the helicopter, made the made the V sign, right? Flew off. Most people don't understand heads or tails about Watergate. A lot of fake news about Watergate. But listen to the way this man speaks. This is a statesman. This is this is a good man, too. Can you imagine Joe Biden saying anything like this? These are the words of a leader, and that's what America deserves, a leader. Cut 27, please. Cut 27. This is President Gerald Ford in 1974. The facts, as I see them, are that a former president of the United States, instead of enjoying equal treatment with any other citizen accused of violating the law, would be cruelly and excessively penalized either in preserving the presumption of his innocence or in obtaining a speedy determination of his guilt. Ugly passions would again be aroused and our people would again be polarized in their opinions. And the credibility of our free institutions of government would again be challenged at home and abroad. That's happening. All that's happening right now. Of course it is. Of course it is. Now I understand Biden can issue a pardon because these are state charges, and I think they. Uh, but still, it all applies. Listen to this man. This is a good man. President Gerald Ford cut two, cut twenty eight in nineteen seventy four. As president, my primary concern must always be the greatest good of all the people of the United States, whose servant I am. Amazing. Whose servant I am. I think Joe Biden has the spirit of public service, service, service to the country, service. No. No. Of course not. He went in for personal service to enrich himself and his family. And he's done that. But I don't think he's going to get away with it. I just don't. I think I still the justice system is still out there. It's corrupt. It's thoroughly rotten. But this could be turned around. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Donald Trump comes back to a very different New York, you know. Can't even go to the 21 Club anymore. One of his favorite restaurants and um, very close to Trump Tower. Can't go there. Closed. A lot of things change after the pandemic. The whole damn city feels different, quite frankly, you know. It doesn't have the same energy. It's lost a lot. It really has. There's something. The electricity seems to be gone. Um, And people are, I don't know. There's just, it's different. It's not as fun. We got to make our own fun, though. You got to you got to make your own fun. Oh, speaking of which, I am uh, rediscovering pancakes. Um, it's not a commercial, although I do like Cousin T's pancakes. Cousin T, you ever see that guy Terrence Williams? He's hilarious, and he started the pancake line. Now, Cousin T happens to be black, and he saw an opportunity when Aunt Jemima was canceled. Remember that Aunt Jemima was canceled. In fact, they canceled all the good uh, characters from food. They they canceled um, 
Now, who else did they cancel? Uncle Ben's, he's gone. Uh, the chef on the cream of wheat box, what was his uh, crime? He was black. All right, he was a he was an oatmeal spokesman while black. You heard of driving while black? How about being a food spokesman while black? Can't do that anymore. He got canceled. Um, a couple of others. But all the white ones survived. There's still Captain Crunch, Caucasian. Mr. Clean, definitely Caucasian. <laughs> anyway, uh, for pancake. Oh, and so Terrence, uh, now he's got Cousin T's, and he's there with his chef hats on, and he saw an opportunity, and good for him. So when I eat pancakes, though, get this, I don't have syrup, and it totally changes the experience and makes it better. And I used to just slather it on. I mean, just pour it on like, you know, the, the pancakes were drenched, and maybe this is part of the problem, but I was totally dead after eating pancakes. I mean, dead. I could not do anything. And now I feel like going out and dance. I can dance. I can go dancing. Uh, and I had, I had, I had roughly, uh, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of pancakes yesterday, and uh, I went for a run two hours later. I felt great. No syrup, and also no better. And you can really taste the cake. You can really taste the cake. All right. Uh, enough of that. Hey, Joe Takapina is Donald Trump's defense attorney. Uh, he's getting the word out there, and I think this is necessary. You gotta have people defending Trump. And his lawyer is a great guy, Joe Takapina, and a great litigator. Of course, uh, they were trying to, it was like he was on trial on the George Stephanopoulos show, also known as Clintonopoulos, not without reason. Cut one, please. He's gearing up for a, a battle. You know, this is something that obviously we believe is a political persecution, and I think people on both sides of the aisle believe that, that it's a complete abuse of power. He's a tough guy, George, as you know, and he's someone who's going to be ready for this fight. We're ready for this fight, and I look forward to moving this thing along as quickly as possible to exonerate him. All right, good. Don't forget, humiliate them. We want them humiliated. Uh, cut two. What evidence do you have that Democrats see this as political persecution? You said people on both sides of the aisle... Oh. See, this is yeah, I mean, this. I mean, look, there's been there's not only articles have come out from the New York Times, Financial Times and whatnot, saying this would be a, a grave miscarriage of justice and a state to bring this case. But I've heard Democrats coming out on, on various talk shows and, and, and radio shows and whatnot, saying that this is not the case, not that they're supporting Donald Trump or embracing him. But that's what I, that's my point all along, George. It shouldn't matter what side of the aisle you sit. Um, if you're an American and you're concerned about rule of law. There should be no scenario where you want this to happen because we all know, and if you're intellectually honest, we all know that had Donald Trump not been Donald Trump and was John Smith, this case never would have been brought. If he was not running for re-election, there's no way this case would have been brought. This case is not even legally sufficient. Um, factually, it's a joke, and it won't survive a challenge of, of law in a courtroom. All right, Joe Tacopina. Hey, caller, stay with me. I'll get to you next, Harry. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, has he landed yet? He has not landed yet. Donald Trump is on his way. What is a flight? It's like three hours, a little less than three hours. Turn on the microphone for Rudy Giuliani, our guest. Uh, our guest. He, <laughs> he owns this studio. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. How long is it? It's a three hour flight, right? Yeah, but on private, two and a half. Uh, oh, and he's on a private jet. Even yeah, his, you forget. Trump Express. You've been on that plane? Yeah. What's it like? That, I took that plane to Israel once. Well, the old one. This one is a this 757. Is the, yeah, this is the one he, he used during the campaign in 2016. I lived on that. No kidding. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, it's not Air Force One, but it's pretty close. You know, I've been on Air Force One. And let me tell you something about, uh, I, let me ask you, sometimes 
I would prefer to go regular travel. And here's why. Because yeah. <laughs> you are, you're on display the entire flight. You're right. you're and right. like, you need alone time. You don't want to be, you got to mix it up. You know, it's like a cocktail party that never ends. Yeah. Right? I was mostly on there working. So it was like just being at work. So during the campaign, I was working on the campaign, helping him with speeches, getting ready for press conferences. And then when I tra- would travel with him when he was president, usually it was, I would travel because we had to go over a legal thing. He didn't have the time to do it. So I, we did it on the plane. Jay and I would get on the plane. We'd go take an hour with him on the plane. Jay Seculo. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that puts a whole new paint job on it. All right. So look, he's going to, I just can't believe it happened. Then I, that, then, then, then I'd have everybody wanted to know what I was talking about. And I would say, did you ever hear of attorney client privilege jackass? <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, it seems like everything, all customs, all norms have been thrown out in turn, <laughs> attorney client privilege. Hey. Before we get to this monstrosity, this horrible thing that's happening, what about the attorney-client privilege they're trying to violate between Trump and one of his attorneys regarding the documents? What's oh, that, you know about that? But you know, Craig, they, they have just tossed it out completely. So how about how about they went and got my iCloud from the day that I began representing him in 2018, took all my information on the iCloud about him and my other clients, for three years. So they can monitor everything. This is what I think happened, by the way, and this is what I think happens with the federal government. And let me like, and I think it all goes back to Obama. Obama can say, because he watches the fake news, look, I, I think I think Donald Trump is a threat. And I, if he were ever deposed, he could just say, well, I was listening to the news, and they were saying it all the time. I mean, they were saying it all the time that this guy's somehow a threat to democracy. I thought it should be checked out. Therefore, we put these tabs on, we put right. uh, on everybody. And I, because I feel like they're smart enough to find a way out. Yeah, and they, you know, of course they they created that. So they'll say, well, the news was reporting he was a threat, but they supplied the news. It was all coming from Brennan, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right? All right. So what's gonna? One other thing I want to know the the judge here. What's his name again? Mershon. Mershon. Yeah. Now Trump was ripping on him last night. Uh, look, I love Donald Trump. I love the style. I love the substance. Um, at this point, no, not a good idea. It's not a good idea, right? <laughs> No, no. I mean, it's not going to get you anywhere doing that. And I'm not sure, Greg, he'll be the judge all the way through anyway. I, I, this is the, this is the judge to do the arraignment. So this the purpose of this judge is to set a bail if there's going to be a bail, put him in jail if you're going to put him in jail, take a plea. Uh, I'm not sure this is the permanent judge. So the judge could easily try to lecture Trump. We'll know a lot there. He could talk directly to the defendant, right? I can't believe Trump is going to be a defendant. It's so absurd, by the way. But he could say something to him, right? He could. He could say, you know, I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to take it personally. But uh, I am a judge, and that's an insult to the entire court. And you have to learn how to treat the court respectfully. I mean, he could do that, or he could lecture him, or he could he could gag him and say, "You can't talk about the case." Now that would be extraordinary because he's a presidential candidate. And I mean, be, gag orders are rented in many cases, but this is not the kind of case you can do a gag order with since you indicted a presidential candidate. But and having said that, you know, look, OK, not advisable to rip on the judge. But this is a free country. You can rip on the president. You can yeah, rip on a congressman. Right. Oh, no and you can rip on you can rip on a judge. Absolutely. I mean, the only thing you got to think about is they've got all the cards. So do you want to be a little more discreet? Well, we know he's not like that. He's, he's one of the things that people love about him is he doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He's just going to say what he thinks. 
And he's right. This judge really did screw around with uh, with his accountant and was compl- appeared to be suffering from trunk derangement syndrome during that trial. So um, he was right. He got himself a judge that has already displayed anti-Trump sentiment. Wait, how, what did he said stuff out loud? What did he say? No, he just made a lot of rulings in the prior case, the one involving the Trump organization, that were anti-Trump. Donald Trump is inbound at LaGuardia Airport, should be landing at about 3 o'clock by estimate here. I'm still trying to find him on my, my iPhone. Oh, uh, could, could they could they keep that flight off your iPhone? Uh, yes, they could, but I don't think they would because – Quite frankly, you know, he's a private citizen. Yeah, yeah. He's a private citizen. It's not like it's Air Force One anymore. And uh, it's a private plane. There are private planes on this thing. You oh, can sure, track yeah. private planes. So, hey, I want to just play this. This is Joe Biden uh, <laughs> on the Trump indictment. This is this is late last week. He said the same thing this morning. Cut 25, please. Cut 25. Do you are you worried that the Biden the indictment? I have no comment on that. I have no comment on that. I have no comment on that. I. That's the opposite of leadership right there. Of course. Of course. Of course. He has no comment on it because he doesn't know what to say that would be politically helpful to him, which is about the only thing he ever says. And it's scripted. If he can remember, if he can remember. Right. And not and not uh, screw it up. And it's amazing that Donald Trump is finds himself in this position. And, you know, we have we know people like, well, actually, Babbitt was killed by a Capitol Hill police officer and they gave the Capitol police officer a medal. They gave him a gold medal. A man murders an unarmed woman. He gets a gold medal. Donald Trump <laughs> serves his country. Um, he's worth billions of dollars, did not do it for the money. We all know that he wasn't really a billion. You know, he was a billionaire. And whether he's worth one billion or a hundred billion, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter to me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's. You're absolutely right, Greg. All right. Now, look, I do go back and forth, though, on how I should feel right now. I got a bunch of different emotions. And one of them is I want to laugh at it. I want to minimize it. I want to take solace in that Donald Trump, because he's wired differently, is enjoying part of this. He's enjoying a little of it. He thrives. And this is not a bad thing. This is not a diss. He thrives on adversity. You're absolutely right. He does. He does thrive on adversity. And even if there is a hidden Donald Trump, you know, where he puts on a show and he puts on a face, I know him well enough and I've seen him uh, in enough corners and in back rooms and he sure keeps that face on very, very long. So if he does get down, it's for very, very brief periods of time that he can shake himself out of. And it is it is a confidence in uh, the rightness of his cause. I know that sounds corny, but that that's it. I mean, he he would say to me during Russian collusion, which is very much like this. Russian collusion had nothing to it. Right. It was totally untrue. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, we don't even know it was paid for by Hillary Clinton, but it was paid for by Hillary Clinton. He He would sometimes get upset and say, I don't understand how this can happen to an innocent man in America, mm. but I got to fight it. I gotta fight it because if I don't fight it, who, who would have the power to fight it? So he does feel like a representative of the people he has really brought into politics. Right. He has created a bond with them. I don't know if that happened during the campaign or he feels, uh, like when the word deplorable was used, hmm. he sort of embraced that. And when they, uh, uh, when they, uh, don't go to, uh, when they don't go to, uh, New Palestine because it's, you know, New Palestine is not important enough to them. 
He embraces that kind of thing. So he believes, and I think he's right, that if this can happen to him, it can happen to other people. And he's got the resources, the strength of character to fight it. So right. he might as well be the one to fight it. So uh, should I be playing it this way? And, and I'm going to have to do it from time to time. But to go down those rabbit holes of, uh, you know, Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen and, and, and the check that's written in October and all this stuff, um, I'm, we're, I'm a cable news host. I'm going to have to do some of that. And I actually want to do some of that. But I feel like it's a trap. It's almost like Russia collusion for commentators who are just, you know, talking about these nitnoid details yes. and uh, talking about Malta and Eric Prince and George Papadopoulos and met with this. I mean, just like crazy, minute details. It's like Watergate all over again. You know, Watergate sounds bad. It all sounds bad, but nobody really knew what the hell was going on. Right. And I feel like this is the same kind of uh, setup. And I feel like I'm wondering if I'm being set up to just to talk about that stuff. Some of it needs to be discussed. What are your thoughts? Well, there's any doubt about it. This is, an, this is a distraction from a couple of things. It's a distraction from the fact that uh, Joe Biden is functionally senile, uh, that uh, Trump is a master at um, articulating his program. If you listen to his speech the other day, that was a brilliant speech on substance, on issues. He covered every issue. He told you his position. He told you what he'd do in the future. Nobody could say he's running just on his past record. He right. told you what what I'm going to do just about every area. It was an hour and a half, but it was like a, a term paper on what I'm going to do when I get back into office. They don't want people to pay attention to that right? because everything is terrible, and he's the opposite. Uh, everything that's terrible was great under him, right? Mm-hmm. People uh, just go to minorities. Minorities had more jobs, higher wages, and better prospects than they have today. They all know that if he can reach them. But yeah. if they can cloud that with people talking about all this nonsense, right? And this is only the beginning, right? They, they the go beginning. through all the craziness in Georgia and the craziness with January uh, 6th. Uh, so every day I got to remind myself, we have to remind ourselves, we got to spend time on rotten Joe Biden because, look, we now know that a million dollars was split up between uh, Hunter, his uncle, his girlfriend, a million. That's just for yeah, starters. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, thing yeah. has just barely started. I mean, that is that is corruption right there. And it came from China. And if you're wondering why Joe was so weird when that balloon flew over the country, that, I believe, is the reason. Do me a favor, Mr. Mayor. I promised Harry a long time ago I'd take his call. Harry, you're on the phone with me and the mayor. Hi. Good afternoon, future mayor. How are you? <laughs> That's me, by the way. You know I'm thinking about running for mayor. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> uh, yes, Harry. Thank you, pal. And uh, glad to hear you here. Also, uh, Giuliani, I didn't always like you, but I love you now. Thank you. So fire away. What's on your um, mind? I wanted to let you know that uh, you're, what you were saying in reference to Eminem going off on the guy he's rapping with, your reference was kind of off. My reference? Basically, yes. Uh, all right. Let me just set up what the reference was again, okay? And then you can tell me how it's wrong for people who miss this part of the show. Actually, let's just hear Eminem. Can we, where is that Eminem thing? Uh, Harry, uh, stand by, Harry. All right, here it is. Cut 24. This is Eminem ripping on, on, his, on his rap foe, his enemy. Cut 24. Oh! <laughs> 
All right, so Eminem is making fun of this rap guy who happens to be black, and he's uh, he's saying that some of the things that make him not cool in that community, and that's Eminem's community as well, is that he comes from a two-parent home, uh, and he goes to a private school, and he has that name Clarence. And I think there's a lot in common there with Alvin Bragg, and some of those things are not actually um, bragging points in, in, in his world. All right, Harry, where did I get it wrong? They got it wrong by, all right, the uh, guy rapping against Eminem is basically he has a persona, and his image is one that is not from a nuclear family. So, no, you know, it's like a super, super uh, identity. No one knows who he actually is. So he uses, uh, he tries to dirty himself up and then try to bring himself to to uh, what he feels is everybody's level. So his identity is secret. Eminem blows his spot up, which everyone's like, wow, that's who you really are? Oh, so that's why it's funny because no one knows who, knows who he is. And you just make fun of. Well, you're saying it's that okay. He got caught being a hypocrite, caught being pretending that he's something that he's not. I'm going to take it a step further, Harry. I do think that those those things that uh, Eminem was pointing out are actually were detriments, at least in that neck of the woods of Detroit. Fair enough, right? I mean, I see what you're saying, but I think it's deeper than that. I think it's cultural. Well, the only cultural part about it is that. The uh, guy rapping about him, rapping against him, is just faking because he comes from a good, good, you know, good family, but he's trying to, you know, trying to seem as though he's not trying to seem. I I know, but why? Why would you? Why would he do that? What? What? To what benefit would it be to pretend to be those things? Well, in the hood, is exactly, exactly in the in the hood, exactly. If that gives you greater cred, street cred. That's why Alvin Bragg ran around for the entire campaign bragging about how uh, he had guns pointed at him by cops and by gangbangers when he was a kid. Oh, by the way, he didn't. He was lying. But, Harry, I think I think you just vindicated me here. Listen, Harry, I got to go. Everything else good? Yeah. Hey, I'm also a crew chief, too. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, was a crew chief. Oh, you Air mean? Uh, oh, no. wow. What kind of airplane? B-52. A B fifty two, a B fifty two, crew chief. No, yeah, ki- I used to be a crew chief in uh, Catholic Air Force Base. Hey man, have you ever seen um, Doctor Strangelove, the movie Doctor Strangelove? No, I haven't. Oh, you have got to rent that movie tonight. You have got it's black and white. Came out in nineteen sixty three. It's an old movie now, but uh, it's fantastic. And half the plane takes place on a B fifty two, and I think it's going to really you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. James Earl Jones is in it. Slim Pickens, I think, or T Boone Pickens, whatever Peter, that guy and is. Peter Sellers plays three parts. <laughs> three? I knew about two. Three. He plays, he plays the, the president. He plays the English uh, uh, guy oh, that was with the general, with, oh, the, with the wacky general, and the and the crazy. And, the and, he, play, and, he, and, he, and he plays uh, Doctor Strangelove. That's right. Who, oh, who was kind of a Nazi or something? Or something Harry, you got homework from me and the mayor. I think you're going to love it, and uh, that's amazing. I didn't know that about you. Thank you for calling. Mr. Mayor, you got a couple more minutes? Yeah, All right, we'll be right back. Love being with you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back, 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 back. You know, Mr. Mayor, somebody, I forgot who I was listening to, but they said if Alvin Bragg and Democrats were really concerned about public safety, about law and order, 
order, this is the last thing they would do. It's just so disruptive on so many levels. 100%. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you know that half the population, even if for some reason they think they're right, but half the population is, you know, convinced 100% that you're obstructing justice, that you are misusing the criminal justice system, that they're going to be next because they're conservative. The last thing in the world they want to unite the country is to fuel that. I mean, you can, a case like this you could pass on in a minute because it, as, as the federal prosecutor did. Why is he doing it if the federal prosecutor didn't do it? <sighs> Makes no sense. It makes no sense. Well, thank God, though, there are people like you, Alan Dershowitz, people like you in the audience, the people who understand. We're so grateful. And, of course, most of all, for Donald Trump. Be right back. And thank you, Mr. Mayor. You are welcome. Great job. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, so a week ago, uh, though, that those poor children in that church those poor children uh, shot and killed by a maniac gunman, uh, gosh, I can't, Aubrey Hale, a uh, transgender individual of the, of the age of 28. And it came out real early on that transgender status may have had something to do with it, may have fueled her rage. The cops said so. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on there. Was she taking testosterone? Because that stuff can make you pretty crazy. Artificial testosterone, uh, you know, we we have not uh, been mature about this at all. All right, <laughs> not mature at all. Oh, you think you're uh, you think you're a girl? You think you're a boy? Let's sign you up. Let's get you treated. Let's get some uh, hormones in you right away. It's like if you go into a, a doctor and say, "Doctor, uh, I I I think I'm too fat," and they say, "Okay, uh, well, uh, you're 120 pounds and you're six foot two, but okay, let's get you on a diet." That's the same kind of thing that's going on here. You're self-diagnosing. It's insane. Anyway, no one's talking about that anymore. No one, no one, no one. And in the most perverse, weird thing, and I can't wait to do it on my show tonight, <laughs> perverse and weird, just to reveal it, the Country Music Awards featured these drag queens right after the same performer cried for all those people lost in Nashville. And, of course, we are all sad, but she bl- blamed guns and totally overlooked the uh, the great big uh, transgender person in the room, okay? I'm sorry she did, and it's a real thing, and we can talk about it. This is still America, even though they want us self-censoring. You know, you can't even protest now. You can't even protest because that could lead to January 6th. January 6th. January 6th. It could be a threat to our democracy. It could be a threat to our democracy. It could be a threat to our democracy. So just stay home and shut up. No, not happening. Not happening. Uh, what do they want? Ooh. So anyway, after that, you know, what never, ever, ever comes up in the conversation about mass shooters is what kind of drugs are they on, as in prescription drugs, as in psychotropic drugs. Psychotropic drugs, right? That's a, you know, you name it. It's out there. Kids are taking those drugs like they never have before. And by never, I mean... Pre-1990, uh, 1980, certainly, you weren't putting kids on, on, on these kinds of drugs. Now, I think the majority are on something. But why is there never a national conversation about that? Never, never, never comes up. Well, here's a big fat clue. <laughs> Who dominates, uh, you know, they always talk about the NRA and how much money they raise and give to politicians. 
You know who <laughs> about 80 million times more, 80 trillion times more, quintillion, octillion, uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Now listen to this. This is a little compilation put together, uh, found it online. Um, just listen to the news program. Give big shout outs to Big Pharma. Go ahead. Good Morning America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. Wow, the United States of Pfizer, huh? What I mean? <laughs> wow, what do we got? We got balance of nature. All right, I'll take those. Uh, I'll take Birch Gold, baby. Global Security Group, small sponsors, right? These people run the freaking world. Pfizer. Hey, by the way, I mean, I gotta say personally, I've taken some Pfizer products, and they work great. Uh, but I don't know. I can't account for everything they, they're making and whatever. I mean, I guess they're talking about the, the vaccine. And I thought that the vaccine was, uh, well, everybody got a little carried away with that. Whatever happened to free choice in America? You just invented that damn vaccine a month ago. You know, you can't make everybody take it. You can't mandate that. Remember Joe Biden yelling at everybody? Our patience is wearing thin. We've been patient long enough. What the hell? Who the hell are you? Put something in my body. That you guys just figured out last month? No way. Or way. That's up to me and my doctor, but mostly my wife. Okay. She, <laughs> uh, not too much of a conversation. All right. Sandra, I'm sorry to keep you on hold. How are you? I enjoy listening to you, so it doesn't matter if I'm on hold. You're so, you're so, you're really so great to listen to. You know, you were talking earlier in the show about, Famous people who were put in jail. Mm. Do you remember, and this goes way back, in 1597, Yi Sun Shin? Do you remember him? Of course. No. Uh, <laughs> what year? 1597. How the hell am I going to remember 1597? <laughs> I remember. I know, I, and I, I, I don't know anything about him. Who is it? There was a movie, and I, I remember seeing it with my husband. Um, this man was an admiral, and he was stripped of his high rank, imprisoned, tortured, everything they did to this man. After his release, he was allowed to fight as an enlisted soldier. And this man, astonishingly, was able to rout a force that outnumbered him more than 25 to 1 in ships alone. He was able to reroute all those ships that were coming at them. And he, he was imprisoned, he was whatever, and then he, he got out, he did a miracle. I remember that movie. And uh, All right, 15, yeah, no, what's his name again? I'm going to spell it, Y-I-Y-E-Sun-Shin. Maybe you can put that on your show, too. Maybe I will. I love examples like that. Did he ever become, okay. uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, we got he, people he, like that. There's another example. What? 
He became the admiral after he got out of prison, but they tortured him to no end. But he did an amazing feat, making all those 25 ships go the other way that were out to get the people. He rerouted them, and he did other things, too. He was an amazing man. It's right. a beautiful story. I'll check it out. Uh, love you, Sandra. Thank you so much. Good stuff. Yi Sun Shin. I'm going to look that up. Let's try, if you don't mind, where is she in Belmore? Somebody was just, uh, Joni, hi. North Belmore. Yes. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to let you know Mm -hmm. that uh, the plane is currently due east of Richmond, Virginia, 3 o'clock. Oh, okay. Wait a second. I'm going to find it on my thing. Thank you. Let's see here. Let's see. Uh, Due east of Richmond, Virginia. We have this thing on our phone. I got flight radar 24. Uh, How far? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did I? That area. Uh, wait, how far east of Richmond, Virginia is it? Um, <laughs> oh, wait a second. I think I found it. I think I found it. Um, it, it says it has no markings on it. B752. Is that it? That's it. I'm that's watching him, it myself, baby. baby. There it is. That's it. Are you sure? How do you it. know that's it? How do you know for sure? Because I watched it take off from West Palm, and I've been following it the whole time. Wow. All right. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Now I got it, too. You have Flight Radar 24? I do. Yeah, it's a pretty neat little thing. And even if you're on a plane, you can find your own plane on this thing and watch it. And, uh, well, here he comes. He's coming home. And uh, very interesting. Thank you for that, Joni. Good stuff. Welcome. All right. Um, it is really cool. I'm watching the plane now on my phone. I know exactly where he is. And she's pretty good with the instructions, due east of Richmond. I should have asked her if she was a pilot because that's the kind of thing that uh, – that's how pilots talk a little bit. All right, let me see if there's anything else. Hey, here's that – oh, I already did the Takapina stuff from last night. He is uh, – Takapina's great. His in, interrogator, George Stephanopoulos – what do people see in that guy? Oh, by the way, you know he gets like twenty million dollars a year to to hassle Republicans and to mumble. He mumbles and he talks too fast. So does uh, Chuck Todd. They mumble. They just mumble a lot. Hey, I think I'm going to have to straighten out Andrew Cuomo if he's going to be hanging around here. Um, you know, I have a lot of beef with Cuomo, but now he's in the broadcasting business. And uh, look. You, you got to pick a lane. He he made he put out a video where he's defending Trump, but then he goes back to to hitting Trump, and then he defends him. And then he, I'm told he said something at a church this weekend. What was he doing at the church? Cut twenty, please. Cut twenty. Andrew Cuomo. Now Donald Trump is out there. I don't know if you've seen him. He's out there. He's waving a baseball bat. He's threatening death and destruction. No, he's, he's not. Like a character from the old South. Oh, you know what? You're talking he down to these Bo people. Connor from the old South. Yeah, right, right, well, exactly. Sir, you know, Cuomo, you know name, better. Well, keep people, going. But your last name is not Connor. Ooh. I know Donald Trump, and I have dealt with him for years. Four years. Do you remember when Do he you tried remember? to turn this nation against us during COVID and make New York the enemy of the nation? Do you remember when he did that? No, I remember when you turned away he the uh, hospital ship and sent all the COVID patients into nursing homes. I remember that. to deal with a bully. You face them eye to eye, toe to toe. Oh, yeah? How about uh, resigning like you did? Huh? They chased you out of Albany, tough guy. 
What the hell's up with you? What the hell's the matter with you? What the hell's the matter with you? You know, he's trying to be all things to all people. He he he, he played footsie a little bit with uh, with MAGA, trying to then then he goes right back. He gets burned, so he goes back. He's you know just he doesn't stand for anything, uh, unfortunately. However, I will say this once again: that man was unfairly targeted by the left for the for the woman stuff. He didn't do anything wrong. He's no predator. He didn't touch anybody. He didn't grope anybody. He didn't groom anybody. Uh, Joe Biden did all those things. Okay, that's the groomer. That's the groper. Uh, that's definitely the groper. Uh, let's see here. And just remember this guy. He's got, I, I declared Nikki Haley dead on arrival. This guy, this guy isn't even starting. This is Asa Hutchinson. Asa. What the hell kind of, who, I, Asa. I met one Asa in my life. He was a good guy, but this guy is no good. Governor of Arkansas. And he wants to be president. And he does it in the weirdest way. You know, what did Trump do? He came down the escalator, right? And man, I'm running for president of the United States, and we are going to make America great again. And I loved it. Asa Hutchinson, is this any way to start a campaign? Cut 18. Have you made a decision? Are you running? I have made a decision, and my decision is I'm going to run for president of the United States. While the formal announcement will be later in April in Bentonville, uh, I wanted to make clear that to you, Jonathan, I am going to be running. And the reason, uh, as I've traveled the country for six months, I hear people talk about the leadership of our country. And I'm convinced that people want leaders that appeal to the best of America and not simply appeal to our worst instincts. And that inspires me when I see everyday Americans just saying, no, shut give us up. Good leadership. And give us our worst instincts. instincts. Sticking up for America is our worst instincts. You, you, you're you're going to you're telling us you're running for president, but you won't formally tell us until <laughs> next month. Who are these people? Who are these people? Asa, Asa is going to be my president. Sure, sure. Knock yourself out, Asa. Carl in Sayreville. Hello. Yeah. Hi, uh, Craig. You know, um, I'm going to have my own private demonstration instead of going over there and demonstrate i'm going to be flying my flag upside down tomorrow and and i hope everyone else follows suit because as far as i'm concerned this country is in distress yeah flying your flag upside down is the i believe the international code for distress although some countries that's going to be hard to tell like the the british flag i can't tell if it's upside down can you <laughs> you know what i mean there's some shows there's some that the same way up up and down I mean, if Poland switches its flag, not a lot of people are going to notice, but because it's it looks very similar. Anyway, um, I do think that that might technically be, and I hate to be a jerk here or a nitpicker, Carl. That might technically be against the law. You got to look it up. There are all kinds of things about the flag, about the way you touch it, about the way you fold it, about the way you you know this that and the other. Granted, the left, you know, they burn it without with no questions asked. Um. But I think there are some regulations about that because, you know, somebody could see the flag and think, OK, wait a second. Is that guy uh, is that guy being held hostage in his house? I don't know. I, I hate to be safety Sam here, but you know what I mean? Huh. I yeah, didn't you may, know that. You may want to look it up. You may just want to look it up before you fly the thing upside down. Look, I'm all for uh, letting our voices be heard. And that sounds powerful. I, I agree. This is a nation in distress. But just uh, just just double check on the on the flag plan. Thank you, pal. Okay, I will. Uh, all right. Ooh, 
Should we wait until after the break for the legendary Barbara? Yes, Barbara, when we come back, and thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, it's this flight tracker's fun. Uh, he's over Maryland. He's over Maryland right now. He'll be here very, very soon. Donald Trump back in New York. I wish he were here more often, to be honest. <laughs> Not under these circumstances, but, uh, you know, he's down there for, what do they call it? The season. The season in Palm Beach. When does the season end? It gets intolerably hot down there. It gets, and you got this crew. They just basically chase, they chase the summer. All, all, all their lives, they go from the, they go from Palm Beach to the Hamptons and back and forth. Sometimes they throw Europe in the mix. It's really quite a way to live. Um, but Donald Trump mixes it up uh, <laughs> by by changing American history and running for president and stuff like that. Just amazing stuff. Hey, that's really cool. John Katzmatidis has a book. Uh, I knew about it, but I just didn't know that John Jr. is doing the commercials, and that was really special. Uh, all right. Hey, Barbara, it's Barbara, the legend. And, uh, you know, so many people ask me about you, Barbara. You're, you're like, um, on Mark Simone's show, they got Vinny from Brooklyn. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're okay. ba- Barbara from Huntington. Anyway, what's going on? Hi, Greg. Yes. Well, of course, I'm looking at what everyone else is looking at. And, um, I found this quote from Martin Luther King. He said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Say that again. I um, need to say that again. Injustice what? Injustice anywhere is a threat to injust to justice everywhere. Oh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice. <laughs> injustice anywhere is a threat to justice. I I lost the in. I thought okay. I like that very much to justice. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. And how applicable that is to where we are right now. And then I was thinking, and it occurred to me, I remember, and I looked it up here, I remember after Trump was elected, when people were saying to him during the campaign, you know, uh, lock her up, lock her up about Hillary Clinton. And on November 22nd, the news was reporting, November 22nd, 2016, news was reporting that U.S. President-elect Donald Trump will not pursue a further investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails to help her heal, his spokesman has said. When was this? Say, Give me that date again. This was November 22nd, 2016. Well, okay, yeah. But what I've done, which I think is a little bit um, even more powerful, is when Trump basically ruled it out himself in his interview with Leslie Stahl right after the election, the Sunday after the election, he said much the same thing out loud. Um, but that statement is interesting as well. November 22nd, 2016, in an effort to help them heal, he will not pursue. He's such a magnanimous guy. He's not ruthless sometimes, right? He, yes. He said he did not want to hurt the Clintons. Now, that was similar to what you were playing when uh, the piece about when President Nixon was um, pardoned. It's something that a good leader does who looks at the overall good of the country and says, this is the good that needs to be done. In contrast, what we're seeing right now is an absolute destruction of the rule of law in this country for political purposes, the exact polar opposite. It's so true. You're right. That's uh, 
like we've been pointing out, a leader who cares about the country. And I'm glad it's in writing because he did say it out loud, but the written statement seems to go a little bit further than that. November 22nd of 2016, he was president-elect. And by the way, you think about everything that went down, you know, from Russia, 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 to impeachment one and all this stuff. Do you think they were just going to sit back on election day in November of 20 and just let the people decide? You know, okay, we, we worked our best. Now it's up to the people. Anybody you think, I mean, I'm sorry, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that they were just going to see what the people choose like they did in 2016, right? I mean, they were never, yeah. ever, ever, they'll never, ever, ever let the people have that power again. Uh, we're going to work on that, but I think that's how they uh, they are. That's what they're doing, right? That is obviously what they're doing, and they're planning to do it again. And the only reason they would consider letting Biden run is if they're absolutely sure that there is no way that we can have an honest election where we know that Americans did vote for Donald Trump and would vote for Donald Trump because there are still enough Americans left in this country who are not brainwashed. I love it. Hey, John, Frank, Aaron, Saul, call me tomorrow and I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 10.